the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 510, Mr. Samich. Hangover, huzzah! Breeders' Cup, Hang hangover, not now. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, Jesus, man, it's, uh, it's no. well, it is Thursday. I forgot what day it is, too. It was so a casual Wednesday. It did have a half day at school today and uh, biked home with Lily to one of her friends' house where I was offered a couple of adult beverages. So I, you know, I, I pre-game date night hey. tonight, so excited for it. Ooh, it's date night. All right, that's good. Yeah. Uh... Glad to hear, buddy. There's a ch- right when we're going live. I'm looking at the chat, and people are wondering, like, can you you can pronounce this word, right? Chipotle, Chipotle, <laughs> Chipal. No, because some people say Chipotle. Yeah, they put like the even, L before the T. I think Chipotle was actually even closer than the actual pronunciation <laughs> of it. It's Chipotle, people. Chipotle. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, we're happy to see everybody here, and we're happy we're back. And gonna, Del Mar, and it's right after the Breeders' Cup. And for the next two years, Mike, those two things will be synonymous. Del Mar hosting the Breeders' Cup. Uh, are you surprised that it's back-to-back years? Because I was a little shocked. Like, with not even a buffer, just bam, bam. Well, before we get into that, real quick, um, I like the eight at Churchill in the ninth race. I know there's a lot of Churchill <laughs> ninth race chat. Some people on the five, oh. some the seven, some the eight. I, I'm eight, five cold. That's what I went with uh, on my Churchill ninth bet. Um, yeah, look, I am a... Del Mar is probably the best venue they have in the country for the Breeders' Cup. And I, I may be biased for this, but like, yeah, Sanity is nice. But Del Mar, I would take Del Mar over Santa Anita. I think the track is a little bit nicer. I like the size of the track, the size, the amount of people that go into it. I like the town around it. Very nice town to be in and spend a weekend in as well. The weather is always great. I don't think people understand quite how like Breeders' Cup tracks get decided. Like tracks have to bid on this thing too. And the, like, you never hear Naira trying to get the Breeders' Cup anymore. They're not going to go to Belmont. They're not going to go to Saratoga. Uh, Belmont, obviously, in renovations. It's been there before. But, look, the weather sucks. Like, I remember yeah. the, the Blame Zanyata year. It was freaking freezing at Churchill Downs. And, like, honestly, Churchill would be my least favorite place to go anywhere that they've had the Breeders' Cup. And I've been to Lone Star. And I've been to Woodbine. I've been to Hollywood Park and Gulfstream Park. All over the place for this thing, man. I Churchill's the worst by far. I like Keeneland. Keeneland has some of the same problems Churchill has. Like they can't get people out of that track, but I would still rather be at Keeneland than I would at Churchill. I I don't know why people complain about Del Mar, man. Like Del Mar is just, it's phenomenal from a racing perspective. The track plays fair. You don't have any biases on on the dirt or the turf. You know, you're going to get international shippers there. You know, the weather's going to be good. You don't have to worry about a sloppy track and off track, any of that crap. Like to me, I don't understand the hate on the Del Mar side here. They're getting it back to back years. I Del Mar, I would agree with you on just about everything. I think the best backdrop is Santa Anita with the mountains, but Del Mar is not bad. You can if you look to just look to your left and you can see the ocean, so it's not too terrible. Um, But then (laughs) I will say I enjoy getting out of Del Mar the least of any track I've ever been to because you've got to walk. About a half a mile, if you're lucky, to where your car is. At least at Keeneland getting out, we had a great time. I think of leaving Keeneland and I associate it with drinking a lot of alcohol in the back of Jared's truck and throwing a football all over the place for an hour. Like, I love that. Del Mar, you can't do that because it's just a long, lonely trudge walk back to the desert that is where they put your car. Well, here's the difference, though. If you get an Airbnb right above the street, like right above the main drag, you can just walk to the racetrack. And you literally are walking just as far as if you're going to get your car. Well, then why are we not doing that, Aaron? Well, that's that's a question. Why, the question for Aaron is, has he booked the Airbnb for next year yet? Because you should already have that shit locked down. And then lock it up for the next year as well. Get it, lock him in at the rate for, you know, get it get a two-for-one rate on this, Aaron. Come on. And unfortunately, uh, Churchill went 5-8. So reverse the cold exacta. That's never fun. Oh, well. Yeah, Magic, you don't stay there anyway. You can't complain. I have full rights for complaint here. Because I have been there the last couple of years. Uh, like, if you get a walkable Airbnb in Omar, no better place. Yes, that's true. That is very true. I'll give you that. Um, I was also talking to Lindsay, our photographer at Santa Anita. We're like, that's great. It's in California next two years. But can Amtrak just sell like a year-long all-you-can-ride pass or even a month-long? Like, that would be great. Like, the drive, you shit, you're two hours farther away than I am. So, that drive, man. Aaron knows. He's been in L.A. traffic. Yeah, I mean, I'll Sucks. probably just... 
I'll probably just take the I don't remember what it's called the wave wave runner the 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 whatever it's called the the train. You can take it from Santa Barbara right to downtown LA and then right down to Del Mar, you know, and that makes it easy, man. And then you just walk to the racetrack. Take an Airbnb to your your or take a uh, lift to your Airbnb. Never leave the Airbnb. Walk back and forth from the racetrack. Yeah, but give me like the like. It's not cheap to keep doing that in business class. Now I'm not doing the damn coach anymore. I'm I'm done with coach on that train. That's, that's my point. You, just that's why you need a company card. Ooh. All right, we're going to talk to Aaron about that on commercial. And until then, we've got the Del Mar Late Pick 5. That's uh, uh, Saturday, wait, wait, wait. November 11th. What's up? I one don't even know what's going on. For you. Just yeah. before you more tra- if you could pick one racetrack that hasn't had the Breeders' Cup, what would you pick? One race or one track to have the Breeders' Cup that hasn't yet? Yep. Mm. Was Gulfstream had it? I would say Gulfstream, and I know that it's small because kind of what you were saying about Del Mar is they limit the amount of people in there. It's kind of a good thing. Yeah, I would. I think Gulfstream is an excellent choice. I think Tampa would be fun too. It would be a little bit. No, 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 no! I quit. If the Breeders' Cup goes to Tampa, I quit. I think Tampa would be fun. The problem is there is not- no, there's the track bias is this. This is the track bias at Tampa. Oh, it's not so bad. Not when you get. Or are they going to run for like? Are they going to run for seventeen thousand dollar Breeders' Cup purses? Like, is that what you want? The problem is there's the, like you're. I would you know if I could actually pick one, I'd pick Sam Houston. It was funny because people were like, "Oh, Lone Star should be at the Breeders' Cup." Then nobody could bet on it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think people realize like you can't bet Lone Star right now. Why would they ever put it at Lone Star until they figure that shit out? Like it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Colonial, I guess, wouldn't be terrible, but man, that the but, weather is the question. Yeah, with but I'm, Colonial. I'm banging on the weather, so I'm not really going to say Colonial. So like you, you're limit yourself to California tracks, Southern tracks. There's nothing in Arizona. There's like, there's and so you're looking at Texas, which is eliminated itself. Ooh, what about Remington Park? <laughs> I could do see Remington. Yeah, yeah. Pedlo, get on that. Start bidding, baby. There, there just aren't that many. Yeah, Oakland's never getting a turf course. They, mainly because I need to be able to continue to make the joke about the, the turf, the turf, or Oakland being off the turf every day. Um, what if we have a two-day Breeders' Cup where we have the turf races at Kentucky Downs and the dirt races at Oakland, and we just ship everybody over overnight? Or we do it one weekend at Kentucky Downs and the dirt races at Oakland the next week? That's how you do it. I would be down with an Oakland Friday, Kentucky Downs Saturday. And you do all the dirt races on Friday, all the turf races on Saturday, just because the dude's party bus from Oakland to Kentucky Downs would be one of the more fun evenings of my life. Shotty with you a... Shotty had like three minutes of footage from that whole trip she could post publicly. Could you imagine doing a podcast live from a party bus from going from Oakland to Kentucky Downs? Oh, it'd be incredible. Well, we know Aaron would be, by that point, timing-wise, he'd be the kind of drunk where he's dead quiet and ready to curse somebody out, so... Don't have to worry about him. Yeah, and Jared's driving because he's the responsible one. Can we get an indoor racetrack in Vegas? Can we make that happen? Who was gonna, like, oh. wasn't Steve Wynn going to do that a long time ago? Yeah, yeah, there were rumors about it because that would be phenomenal too. Doing a Vegas Breeders' Cup with an indoor racetrack, I would be so down with that too. Anyway, we've got a Del Mar show to talk about. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for bringing that up. But uh, Del Mar is opening on Friday, November 10th. We've got Saturday's Late Pick 5 to look at. Let's get into it. Riders up! So another fairgrounds yeah no I'd, I'd i'd rather not go to fairgrounds thank you <laughs> i would i would be i would probably boycott fairgrounds that's that'd be like there's certain tracks i wouldn't go to the breeders cup i would just play the bc bc from home fairgrounds is one i mean honestly if it's a churchill again i may may make that decision too because like i don't i'm just out on churchill uh but yeah no it, look i think it's a great discussion i still think it's funny people don't realize that there's these tracks bid on this thing and that that's part of this it's like cdi didn't want to pony up the money that's why we're not back at churchill Oh, darn. We yeah. don't have to go to this shithole that is Churchill Downs in the outlying areas. First leg of the Delmar late pick five on Saturday, November 11th. Race five, nine Phillies and Mares, three and up sprinting, five furlongs on the turf at the N2X allowance level. Where'd you go on top, buddy? Oh, give me the outside horse here. We're running with the boys. Uh, for your Philly, that 
I like this barn switch. Uh, we're going from Jeff Mullins to Phil D'Amato like that on the turf. I think this trip sets up very well for running the with the boys as well. If you look at that last race, it, it like it leaves a little bit something to be desired. Five furlongs on this Del Mar turf, 80,000 N2X, so same level. Was favored in that race. Ends up running sixth, but loses by only a length. Uh, just not a great trip. I mean, had to wheel around everybody. If you go back and you watch the race, this horse was absolutely flying late. It was a blanket finish. So I don't think the sixth place necessarily does running with the boys justice here in this spot. Uh, I, I, the pace sets up well here. I think I like the switch and I'm not like, I think this horse wants to be turf sprinting. If you look at those six and a half down the hill races, both of those were absolutely solid. A win in a second. You go back to the five and a half and six furlongs at Santa Anita, two wins. I think this is what this horse wants to be. I didn't like that mile in an eighth race. I'm not going to hold that one against him. And then if you look who this horse has been running against, I mean, in that mile in an eighth race, Oakhurst, Eddie News, Eddie's mm-hmm. New Dream, Freedom Last, even the last time, Hotitude and Stress. These are all fairly good California horses on the turf. Feels like it's a drop in class here with the barn switch. A lot of horses not used to running at this level. Running with the boys is. And I don't mind the post either for turf sprinting here because there's tactical. There's, there, this horse is just going to try to drop back and then make one big run. Yeah, we might be wide again, but I feel like this is a worse group than what we faced last time. And I like that barn switch quite a bit here. I think Diamato obviously on the turf better than Mullen. So give me the nine running with the boys on top. I uh, didn't end up using this horse. I was trying to beat her in here. She could win. You've made good cases for her, but I also remember that period of time when she won those races for Jeff Mullins and was looking really great. Was Mullins was like 60 yeah. 70% winners like it was everything was connecting and that was the, there was that brief time when he switched uh he got suspended his son took over and I don't think he lost five straight starts so um listen the horse has the excuse for two back clearly not a mile eighth. I, you know sprint to route get why they did it didn't end up working yeah. out it's set up for the other two D'Amato's which was Oakhurst and Freedom last so she did her job but uh last out I didn't like that she didn't get the job done against some of those horses and, and I thought she should have done it um, and I don't like the jockey change here from Barrios to Maldonado is kind of what kept me off of her at seven to two. But like I said, you made great cases for it. Just this is a price, a, a short price I was trying to beat my top pick, the number five. She's got a way I, I ended up using both of the Peter Erton horses. So I'll just say that the five and the four, the five, we get a uh, free suit back aboard piloter to a length and a half win last time out over the course and distance, uh, you know, had the rail draw there, had to fall back a little bit farther than she usually likes, still ended up coming up to win. Now I think she's drawn perfectly right in the middle. And at age four, at the end of this four-year-old season, you've really seen her blossom. The last five starts have been all on the board, two wins, a second, and two-thirds. And her best effort in that group was the time she only ran five furlongs over this course. So I do like that for her. I know she's three for 20, but I'm forgiving everything that happened before her four-year-old season because she really seems to have like, all right, now we're hitting it. Um, it's a step up from N1X, but I think this is the right time and the right price for her. I agree. I think the setup's right, too. I mean, one of the reasons I like the nine is coming off the pace. The five horse should get a pretty good trip here. A little more tactical speed than the nine, but still able to close at this Del Mar distance. Nice to see her get that win last time out. Only concern with the five, which was a, a concern with a lot of these horses, was the jump up in class. So going from 40 N1X up to 40, up to 80 N2X, uh, obviously mm-hmm. taking on two-time winners. So a little bit, little bit more difficult there. But I still had the five as my other must-use here in this spot. And I used Kiss by Fire. I thought that was the speed of the speed when you kind of go through this. Feels like this is going to be a, a pretty hot pace. I mean, the four is going to want to go. The six is coming out of those thousand yard races at Los Al. So, you know, that horse is going to be going. And then the eight, uh, Queen Maltov is another one that's gone gate to wire. The last three races at lesser racetracks kind of feels like all three of them are going to gun it out there. And it's going to set up for someone to come from right off the pace. To me, the two logical ones were the four or the one. And I, I just the ones last race. Yeah, if we replicate that can be really tough, but there's nothing on paper to say that's going to be replicated. Um, I, the fact that Pratt's there, I think is obviously positive, but this horse has not fared well against and but one and one X, but never jumped up to N two X. And that N one X was a golf stream on the synthetic. So feels like it's too big of a class jump for the one to get the job done. So I was just four, five, nine here. Yeah. And I'm with you. I had the nine and third and then one was my fourth pick here. And, and you can even point back to that five furlong turf sprint stakes as a two-year-old, which was this horse's t- uh, turf debut, the one horse, but she just, it, you're right. This level, I think, might just be a little too much for her. She's better uh, kind of at that high claiming starter allowance level. But uh, getting Pratt, that's what made me really kind of sit here and look at, you know, what she done. And then two back, she lost to Ruby Nell, uh, who just won a stakes, I think, the day after. Yeah, she won the Golden Cove, I think, the day after the Breeders' Cup. So um, that weekend. All right, let's move on. Race number six here. This is the second leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, November 11th. Here we have eight maiden males, three and up, sprinting five and a half furlongs in for $20,000 tags. Oh boy, Mike, 
my brother. Did you put my brother Mike on top? I did not. Um, this was a, a tricky race. I ended up singling here, um, and I was between singling and hitting the all button. I thought that was kind of the two different routes you could go. I, you know, I think the five is logical, a two to one. The four, I think, is a possible candidate to jump up because with the last two races now dropping down. But I went with a chalk here as a single. Um, I, look, Hobbies I, just is the best horse right now, right? If you go back to that race, two back, that wins it. You go back to the last race, that wins it. And to me, the key here is a lot of times in these these races, you have cheap speed. You don't have any cheap speed. Uh, this is just a horse that should clearly make the lead and is racing a bunch of horses that don't have all that logical reason to improve. I mean, to me, and I'll let you talk about the four. I know this is the only other one you have. The four is the mm -hmm. only candidate to, to take a step forward. Everyone else, you kind of know what they are. This is a career maiden race. And if it's a career maiden race and none of them like to pass horses and you have the best horse who's going to be lone speed, um, it makes it hard to make a case for anybody else. And so I, I ended up singling up the seven here. Like I said, I thought about the all button, but I couldn't figure out where to get cheap in other spots. And so because of that, I, I just went with what I think is a logical favorite and should be the favorite and, and, and the most likely winner in this race, the seven hobbies. Yeah, and that was my topic as well. And you outlined every reason for it. And we probably both would say if for whatever reason the seven scratches, you just replace him with the five because that's the other horse that's going to pick up the speed possibly but then it gets a little murky because he doesn't have as strong of a speed advantage as the seven seems to and you're right i use the four as the other one the horse debuts going a mile on the turf at del mar and and never ran was 10th the entire time until i don't know how this horse that somebody must have just been eased or something because this horse ended up being ninth but was beaten 18 links uh and then tries the 62 maiden claiming level okay we'll drop down to that level 99 to 1 that day never ran out of last of 11 so all right, now we're going to try dirt sprinting because you can't do any worse than what this horse did the last two, but now a huge drop right to that 20K claiming level. And I looked at the families. Okay, but we know Bolt Doro was good on dirt. What about the, the dam side? Three siblings to race, all of them multiple winners, all in the dirt sprinters. I'm yeah. like, wait, why the hell weren't we doing yet. this in the first place? Yeah. This is where you're supposed to be. Okay, anyway, so I think we sometimes understand why a trainer might be 8% with 104 starters. But this seems to be the right spot for Bolt's Destiny. And like you said, the only unknown because every single other horse in this race has sucked at this level. And he hasn't had a chance to do it yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you just look through here. 0 for 18, 0 for 6, 0 for 11, 0 for 3. But it's really 6 again because three of those were at low sal. 0 for 14, 0 for 4 with awful numbers. Really, the, the 4 is the only horse that can jump up. However, one concern about the 4 and the main reason it ended up off the ticket. Did you see the price of this horse the last two races? Yeah, forty nine ninety nine. Okay, they, they couldn't even get my grandmother to bet two dollars to win on this horse. Like it was that ridiculous. The, the fifty to one, hundred to one. So little concern there. Um, also, don't love that that uh, Gonzalez jumps off as well. So I, that's why I ended up singling the seven here, uh, which I guess is habeas, like habeas corpus. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I like I like hobbies anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I like it too. Habeas slash hobbies is like really logical horse i get it shorter price i get it but sometimes you just got to eat the chalk uh by the way we didn't play either horse but if you want to race five seven m is for magic race six uh my brother mike the eight horse that is going to be that horse is 12 to 1 6 to 1 to 12 to 1 double maybe throw a dollar on it just for shits and giggles because if it cashes it'll pay for all of your lost tickets for not having them on it definitely worse hunch play payouts than that one yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, move on. Race seven. This is the feature race of Del Mar's uh, card on Saturday, November 11th. And it is the middle leg of the late pick five. It's the Catherine Crosby stakes. Nine Phillies and mares, three and up, routing a mile on the turf. And just like before, when I had two horses for Urton, this time I'm going with both the D'Amatos. What about you, buddy? Uh, I passed on one of the D'Amatos, um, but I am going to use the other. This is an interesting race. I mean, you got multiple Bafferts on the turf. You got a couple D'Amatos in here. Mandela's um, sending one out there, Drysdale. But give me the Gallagher all the way to the outside here. Um, this is another race. It's just abundance of speed. I, I felt like there were going to be three or four horses that wanted to go. The, the eight, the six, um, the four, the one, all have tactical or, or extreme early speed. It's going to set up for someone to come from off it. And I couldn't really find anyone that had a great kick. For me, uh, that was a nine horse. You're want you're went there. Want what? Why you're? I was waiting for you to try and say the name because I don't have a damn clue. I have, you're want there. You're want here. 
You're it's one. Irish. You got to say with an Irish lilt, maybe it'll make more sense. Anyways, yes, the nine. And I'm an idiot. I thought that that was a Damata horse. Yeah, I like this horse as well. What, however you want to say her name, I like her as well. Three Spilly, uh getting back aboard. You notice, too, she was a nice fifth in a handicap at Royal Ascot earlier this year. Mm -hmm. It was fifth, but she was relatively close. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Any other points on the nine? I know you got tripped up by the name. Yeah, well, okay, look. You want here, uh, you go back. You went there, I bet is what it actually is. Um, I'm going to say that. You went there, uh, the nine horse. If you go back to the trip two back at Del Mar, like, when you're watching that replay, this horse like had all the world's worth of trouble early. Just didn't really want to run in the U.S. in that start. You could tell that they hadn't really gotten used to the style of racing yet. Second time out, the horse looked a lot better, a lot more calm, wasn't ranking any part of the race, had a devastating kick. I think you're going to see that exact same kick, and I think you get the setup here. Um, so when you go back, you can kind of excuse that first U.S. start. And I like the fact that this horse got bet in both starts as well. So four and a half to one first start, 3.8 to one the second start. Clearly, they think there's some talent here. Second off the layoff, four, late four-year-old season, a lot of reasons to like this horse, uh, especially with the pace setup. Uh, so not my topic in there, but like I said, I agree with you. The topic I went with the five of the chalk Dolce Zell, a former Chad Brown trainee, won the grade three at Lake George going a mile last summer. And she also won the Florida Oaks at Tampa last spring. She had a lot of talent. The only time that she had a bad race really in her uh, career, other than her debut on yielding turf, it was in the grade one matriarch. And she was up against Regal Glory, who demolished everyone by over five lengths. Like, okay, not a bad horse to lose to. <laughs> Uh, so we haven't seen her at the races in a long time, but it, she just had some trouble staying healthy. If you look, uh, at least on time form, I can see that she was training steadily all the way back as early as May and even before that. But then she just, in the middle of August, something kind of happened. They're like, all right, they sent her to Los Al to Phil D'Amato. He targeted this, the all meet right here at Del Mar with her. So it's a good spot for her. Flavian Pratt's aboard. If she shows up with any effort that she had previously to, uh, before the matriarch, this is easily hers race to lose, Mike. Yeah, I mean, it's a good time when Chad Brown's putting Irad Ortiz on, you know, on a horse in graded stakes at Saratoga on the turf. That generally tells you the horse has some talent here. Last one at Del Mar was disappointing, but was wide and a relatively quick pace. Like, I'm, I'm willing to excuse that one. This is a much weaker field. So I, I thought mm -hmm. Dolce Zell was a horse you kind of had to use and, and should sit a pretty good trip here right behind the speed. So I thought that was a positive as well. Uh, the other one I used here was the uh, the two horse Nadette here, Hector Barrios, mm -hmm. Drysdale. Uh, I talked about how much speed is in here. I think this one sits a great trip as well. It was absolutely flying last time out at Golden Gate. Ended up just missing by a head as the favorite to Rose Maddox. Uh, you go back, back to back to back to back, graded stakes at Santa Anita. Uh, ran good enough in all of those. Not great, but good enough. But again, another one who should project to get a really good trip from this two post and then be flying late. Uh, so for me, this was two five nine. We, I forgot we had full agreement on these sort of different slight order and preference, but we definitely agreed on these three here. And I kind of see it as with the way that they run. You said there's going to be speed. It's going to be coming back to them off the turn. I think Dolce Zell is going to get the lead inside the eighth pole. But right you know, when that chute opens up and suddenly it looks like the turf got super wide, you're going to see the two and the nine, whichever direction, both of them, one super wide, one super inside. And whoever gets the cleanest trip uh, comes flying up and might catch Dolce Zell. And, and so I like that we both agree on these six to one horses here uh but again if dolce zell has anything like uh her three-year-old campaign season she's going to be awfully tough to beat in the Catherine crosby stakes the penultimate leg of the late pick five at del mar on saturday november 11th race number eight this is uh, nine males three and up rounding a mile on the dirt at the n1x allowance level scratch that the number three Mishaloff will scratch so eight horses in here and then the nine cool papa g is the only one in for the 40k tag doesn't matter to me. I didn't use him. What did you do? That was a tough race. Um, yeah, like we got what is it? Three Bafferts or two Bafferts in here? You got a Damato in here. Mm -hmm. I, just a really interesting, interesting race. Again, a lot of speed. Um, but you kind of need to have speed if you want to try and win at Santa Anita, especially over this dirt course. So I went with a horse that I thought could close, but would be sitting a closer trip than a lot of others in here. Uh, I don't love the fact that this was a horse that was a maiden for a while, but you hear about the light bulb angle a lot of times where a horse wins and then all of a sudden they figure out how to keep winning. That's the case with the eight Muccino here. One last time out after being a lifetime maiden and knocked on the door quite a few times after sitting mm -hmm. in that kind of second, third, fourth early going a mile at Santa Anita, Del Mar and Los Alamitos. Uh, was close to the pace last time, was three to four wide the entire time, able to still get up and get the win. Like the fact that this horse has been consistently improving over the last three starts. You get Basquez. It's, it's, about a, it's a lateral move in my mind from a jockey perspective, but the setup, I think, is going to just be phenomenal for the eight Machino here. So I've got the eight on top. 
I didn't use this horse tonight. <laughs> it was the career maiden angle. Is like at some point, like he finally in career start number thirteen got the right setup and the right combination of bad horses. I think this is just going to be <clears throat> too much for him after what we've seen. I think he could hit the board because you you can see from his form he likes to try, he likes to give an effort, but uh, I just don't trust him to get the job done here. Top pick for me, the number four Devil Be Me at three to one. There's two. To, this is the race where I use both the D'Amato's. So uh, the four ends up being my top pick. And here's kind of the other one because he's the second choice. You scratch off that last race. He was just a super cranky bastard at the gate. He was nine to five in that last race. If he's anywhere close to three to one, I think he's going to be worth playing even just on the value. Three races to start the year uh, after missing a year and a half. He comes in, he wins, wins, win, all by you know a, a length and three quarters, three lengths, three lengths and a quarter. He's got that good stalking trip where he can sit behind the two, the other D'Amato in here, who I think will be this, the early speed. And I think he's going to get that great trip to really just pounce on him. If you can forgive him just being, again, a, a super cranky bastard. It's weird that that happened because it's never been an issue for him before, but it just wasn't happy. So scratch off that last out. I think the four is pretty tough. Yeah, um, I couldn't get there. I just like to me that so it's a tough race when when you when I look at a horse who's been off for a year and a half and then I have four data points and the horse never improves like that's a concern to me like because I would have liked any step forward right I mean the horse kept winning so you know, I'm not knocking the horse for that factor but from a buyer and time form perspective never got better and I would have mm -hmm. liked improvement in at least the third start I get it if it takes you two to really be able to take a step forward but to be flatlined through those three starts, and maybe the, the you know maybe the fourth one was the one we were going to see a jump, but it, we didn't, right? Um, and then you look at the wins. The the one was two of those three wins were state bred. The one at a mile was state bred. It didn't beat a very good field, so I, I just I couldn't get there. I, I get why you're using it, but I just I couldn't do it. I, I did use the two, the other Diamato here, mm -hmm. simply because I, I think this is the fastest horse, and I think it's going to make the lead here. The one in the four should press. I would expect the four doesn't really push much, so it's whether or not the the two will be can clear cowboy Mike on the inside. If the two can clear the one, I think the two is really, really tough on the stretch out here. Um, we'll see if that happens. So I, I like the two a little bit as well, but that was more of just a pure speed play than anything else. And then I'm going to be suckered into OVI class one more time. Like I, I don't love using this horse, but this isn't a group of world beaters. I don't want to use hard to figure. I want to use another horse that's going to be off the pace. And Oviat class is going to be off the pace. Maybe this is just another situation where he runs up and finishes third or fourth versus being able to win the race. But with the amount of speed that's on the inside, I do think there's going to be a, an element where you can get home if you're a closer here. And so I'll, I'll use the six Oviat class coming from the back as well. Yet another horse from the 2021 Breeders' Cup Juvenile that still hasn't won a race yeah. since then. It's wonderful. <laughs> Oh man, uh, you can have him. That's not, he's a frustrating ass horse. And that's why I'm like, you can have him. I'll let him beat yeah. me at this point. He drives I, I me don't crazy. With you. At least I'm getting eight to one. <laughs> I mean, it's the second longest shot on the board. That's, that's the true. one positive about OVI class in this spot, right? But like, I don't know, hard to figure. Like, properly yeah. named horse, I have no freaking clue what this horse is going to do, like what to expect from this run. And uh, like, yeah, there was some really nice efforts, specifically the one we were in second in Newgate. Like, but. Uh, what, like, he, he can go pound sand because he's the reason he's the one that we're in that stupid suicidal pace with Henry Q in the Sunland Derby. We thought we were being all sneaky. We're going to get Henry Q. He's going to wire the Sunland Derby. And then Baffer sent this dumbass over there and he does dumbass, dumbassery things. And there we go. We lose the fantasy league. I blame him for it. It's Baffert's yeah. fault. I mean, so like that horse is a hard one to figure out for me. Cowboy Mike, I like, I get it why he's going to get bet. No interest. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, Kyle Frey on a Baffert horse. Okay. Like, yeah, one for one, but there's a reason he's only ridden one of them before. And then you, you know, you have the four, which to me is just a horse I can't get to. And that means you kind of default here if you don't like the five. And, you know, honestly, I could make a case for the five. If someone wanted to throw the five in at a price, I, I, I get it. But I just, uh, man, I couldn't. I couldn't get to some of these horses, and that that left me with Ovia class. I think I might have to inspect your head if you go with Clouseau. Uh, I don't know what Gio Franco did to piss off Phil D'Amato because he just like he got Motorious into the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, loses the Mountain to Pratt, and I don't like he's still around. Franco's still around. He just suddenly isn't riding for D'Amato anymore. But uh, hopefully, at least with Will B, we have a better result for that horse with Pratt than what happened with Motorious. I did use Cowboy Mike as my third pick in here. Uh, I don't like hard to figure. I think he's cheap speed and will quit out uh, at a mile against more than three or different horses in here. And I, yes, he did wire Calbreds on a speed favoring low south track, but 
he did, has run well in his first start over this course and distance, uh, which was two back with Juan Hernandez in the saddle. And again, Cal Breds, but it, I don't know. I was trying to figure out a way that I was like, if the D'Amato's don't fire, the Cowboy Mike is sitting right behind them. So I, I just was trying to really pick who are the top few horses like early. Hope one of them holds on because I think almost none of these can do the mile realistically. Yeah, I mean, Cowboy Mike, though, has only passed one horse in his career. He's another one of those. And it was between yeah. the, the six furlong and, and quarter of a mile away home. Like, it wasn't even. It's a Baffert the on the rail play as well. Just like yeah. maybe he just sends him. Just go. Well, that uh, that's going to be interesting to me is whether or not the two clears. Because to me, if the two clears the one and the one, I think, is your other main pace threat, then, yeah, the two mm -hmm. is probably less dangerous than the one at that point. I just I don't see any world that Pratt doesn't go to the lead, especially since Devil by me is of double b me is in the same barn right and mm -hmm. so you got to think the two is 100 percent send and i think he's faster than the one i mean this is turf this is sprinting speed that's been able to get the lead in sprints that's now stretching out to a mile so that to me makes the ones trip almost impossible like i said this was almost a, a process of elimination for me where i just i think it's the two five six or eight and i, I think the five is not very likely so i ended up two six eight all right, fifth and final leg of the Del Mar Late Pick 5. Saturday, November 11th, race 9, 10 males. Three and up, routing a mile on the turf. Non-winners of three lifetime in for $20,000 tags. Oh, 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 boy. Where'd you go? <laughs> Fun times. Well, Oof. often when I think about this show, I think about our camaraderie. And so I went with the <laughs> sentimental play here and went to the rail. Uh, I put the one on top here, 6 to 1 on the morning line. Uh, there's you know, some interesting things to like and some interesting things to dislike about this horse. The main one is we had a pretty significant trainer switch there. We went from the Steve Knapp barn, uh, who's 14% over to the Jose Valdez barn. And honestly, not going to knock him that much. Uh, he's a 25% trainer, just not nearly as common of seeing him train. But this is a horse that likes the Santa Anita turf, ran here six times, has hit the board three times, two seconds and a third, fits at this level, I think can sit a good trip here, doesn't need the lead to win, is able to sit it off it and pass horses. I think he finds the right field today. And if we can go back to any of those racers with Steve Knapp at Santa Anita, they are all good enough to beat this field. Question is, can we find it? Uh, last race on dirt, I think that's an easy one to throw out. Uh, this is also going to be second time blinkers, which I, I'm hoping helps the force take a step forward as well. So I'm going to take a little bit of a shot here. Go with the one horse camaraderie on the rail six to one. I'll have to remind you we're at Del Mar, not at Santa Anita. <laughs> you no. kept saying we're here at Santa Anita. <laughs> well, I, I was just at Santa Anita. So my mind is still at Santa Anita. Your stats were correct about the horse. I, I, I did double check. What's funny to me is that dirt race, which I agree, throw out for this horse. Uh, there's two other horses coming out of that six and a half furlong dirt race that are now in this turf mile. Is they're just. That's the level we're at with these horses here. Um, I didn't use, I did not use camaraderie, and I don't like the trainer switch for this horse. Jose Valdez, uh, until very recently, was the assistant trainer for Hector Palma. Hector Palma uh, has finally stepped away from training. Valdez was his longtime Palma. assistant. Hector Palma's great on dirt. Hector Palma was like a three percent turf trainer. Why do I think his assistant's going to be any better? His assistants had two starters on turf, and he's only had sixteen starters. The two turf stars were both terrible. And I feel like there's a reason they put this horse on dirt because he's like, I can't train on turf. So I kid, he probably can train. I just don't like I don't like the, the barn stats for turf, knowing uh, Hector Palma used to uh, train or be Valdez's mentor. I also don't like Tiago Pereira on the turf very much. Dirt, I like him. Turf, I'm not a Pereira guy, but that's just a personal thing. Yeah, I will also say this is not exactly the rock star jockeys that you're looking for <laughs> this race. <laughs> Well, I was going to play the Irad on top. I can't do that. That's not oh. where we're at. Well, I mean, oh, Pratt's, shit. Taking, Pratt's taking the race off. You get, you basically have <laughs> Hernandez and Raspoli, and, and then it dropped pretty quickly. Pratt said, no, 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 no. I'm not sticking around for this shit. No. Yeah. Uh, top pick for me, uh, and you did not use that. So it's kind of, we actually, we have two agreement here. We both went four deep. Top pick for me, number six, Park City at five to one. And admittedly, I had a hard time picking a top horse in this because I didn't really like anyone that much, but it, it kind of went with the six. Park City, of course, that we haven't seen uh, ever win on turf. So that's always a good thing to have with your first uh, for your top pick in a race. But if you go back to when Source was two, the first couple of starts, five furlongs on Santa Anita, ran a good second to Sharp as Attack, who was a brilliant turf sprinter early in his career, uh, mm -hmm. stretches out to a mile over this course, got a good third, had the lead at one point, tried the Del Mar Juvenile turf as a maiden. Well, that was a bad decision there. And then after that, the wheels kind of fell off, missed a lot of time, tried the turf one time, didn't show up. And then instead of just blaming that on the layoff, they said, no, we're going to force this horse onto the dirt. Got a couple of wins there, but we're back to the turf where I think the breeding says this horse is supposed to be better. Uh, to me, the fact that the horse got the two wins at the mile says the distance should be good. 
has run well over this course and distance before. I, maybe the confidence got up with those two very low level, you know, claiming wins at Del Mar and Santa Anita. So I'm going to play this horse. Uh, you also know it was, was 16K was claimed for two back. They ran it back for, uh, for 35K, didn't run terribly, dropped it back down to the 20K, which should fit here. So again, I really struggle with a top pick. I can understand if you don't want to use this. I don't really like that many horses, any of them. I can tell because you really pieced that argument together. Like one twice ran well in the turf early. One twice that's my notes well. for every horse is like, like maybe turf. this, maybe like, that. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe the race seven races ago shows back up because they're at that level. Uh-huh. I, I didn't use this one. I I, I mean, yeah. I, I get I get your argument. Understand why you're using it, but I, I didn't love the barn switch. And now we're going over to turf. Uh, as trainer specifically, oh for five in the last five years, going from dirt to turf. Uh, it's Bravo. You lose Bravo, who I would I like on the turf course out in California. Obviously, he's taking his tack. I think it's to Southern Cal or to Southern Florida now. Uh, yeah, so he's going to Gulfstream. Yep. No more Bravo here, adding to that that jockey colony down there. Um, so drop off there for me as well. And I just I, I couldn't get there. Um, second horse for me was Bertha Cool. Uh, this is the first time off the claim for Craig Delosi. He's twenty three or I'm sorry, twenty five percent off the claim. Four, mm-hmm. for, four three for twelve off the claim here. Three dollar and thirty eight cent ROI. Uh, this horse has the races in its back class to be good. And you look at that last race, it just kind of quit on the front end. Really no other explanation for it. Um, but if you look at the race two back over this Delmar turf course, uh, horse ran a good second in a $50,000 allowance, then stepped up to an M1X allowance at Gulfstream, or I'm sorry, Golden Gate. Ran okay, but again, was kind of cooked early and then just quit off of it. Uh, this is one of those horses I think is going to be forwardly placed. Has a little bit of kick late if we need it. Has had success at the mile distance, ran well over the Santa Anita turf there. And again, like I said, off the claim, I like this move here uh, for Craig Delose. So give me the seven Bertha Cool as the other must use. Um, I At one point, I had this as my top pick. I definitely used. And there's another horse. We The, the other horse we both used is for a, a very obvious reason we'll get to in a second. But yeah, you named all good reasons here. I like Reese Belie riding and uh, a horse that was my top pick until right before, you know, right when I put my ticket together, the number two never seen before, a four to one, a, a very competitive with the seven uh, going a mile in San Anita turf. So both of those efforts from the two or the seven, I think are good enough to win here. So if we can rediscover either one of those, I really couldn't parse them. I, I was like, if you use one, you, I think you absolutely have to use both of them and just kind of eat the three to one, four to one price there. Um, and it, I've been waiting for somebody in the chat to say it. Nobody has the, the jockey upgrade on the two. Never seen before. We're going from Drayden Van Dyke to Juan Hernandez. Nobody in the chat's been like, you got to play the two because of this. But look at the odds. Like the odds kind of tell you even that the horse is seven to two with JJ at the 32 claiming level. We go to 25 K claiming level with Drayden and people go, no, no, 16 to one. The horse doesn't have a shot in hell. Well, I mean, look, I use this horse for similar reasons here. This is a pretty big jockey upgrade. I mean, when you go Drayden off and Hernandez on, uh, that's a jump up. And by the way, did you notice uh, last time this horse won, who was riding it? Yeah, Juan Hernandez, the guy's back aboard now. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, <laughs> so I, I like this one jumping on here. Again, I agree with you. Yeah. If you use the seven, you're using the two. The two is my third choice in here. I did get a little kooky for my fourth choice. I'm this not isn't surprised. a terrible kooky one. This isn't terrible. I, I'm not surprised you didn't use this horse because it's a little kooky. Uh Give me the 10 horse. Jeez. Berto. We're going Berto. Bruto. 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 Come on. You've seen Encanto. It's Bruto. That's Bruno, buddy. I know, but just uh, anyways. Say it like Bruno. Yes, talk about the damn 15 to 1. (laughs) He's 15 to 1, so price is right there. I think he makes the lead. We'll see how long he goes. But if he goes for a while and gets to the wire first, it's a positive. Um, And that's really all this is. It's a pure... You got no choice but to send from the 10 post. I think this horse rather easily clears the field um, and is going to be up front. We've seen good efforts at five and a half furlongs from this horse before. I actually like the five furlong effort over at Santa Anita where the horse passed horses in the final furlong as well after sitting off a 23 and one, 44 and two pace. That make me, makes me believe that this horse should be able to go longer. Nyquist out of a Fusachi Pegasus mare, back there, two trip, two ter- derby winners. Both of them going a mile and a quarter. So I don't think the distance is really going to be the limitation here. It's just how long Bruto is going to be able to go. I think he can get a mile, especially over this Del Mar course. I'm going to take a shot here, 15 to one with a 10 horse gate going gate to wire. But that horse is good. The 10 is going to be done about like, as they're going into the turn, you're oh. just going to see him. You're going to see Valdivia already. Like, come on, man, let's go. Totally possible. 
totally this horse this horse may fold up its lawn chair and sit down on the far turn like that like i wouldn't be surprised if valdivia puts a lawn chair on the back of him just so he can take a rest but like you know what he could also go gate to wire in a a race that does not feature a ton of speed with a horse that is just a burner early and so I'm, i'm willing to take a shot with the the second longest price on the board here so we both kind of, for our last pick, with the similar thing. I was also looking for speed. I thought it might be the three. The 10, if he sends hard and goes, I get it. Um, and that's probably going to be torture for both the three and the 10 at that point. But the three has some races I think that could make him competitive with the right setup here. If he gets low and pays you, or, or gets on the lead early, you've seen him do well. He did at uh, low sell, going five and a half furlongs uh, on the dirt there. If you Before that, though, on April 29th, the claiming race that never seen before just beat Birth of Cool by... No, this horse was there in third. He was hanging around. He was a competitive at one point, had the lead uh, by two lengths. He just coughed it up. But it, he also was, you know, 10 lengths back and forth at one point. I think if you can combine this horse with a front running setup early, as long as the 10 doesn't gas him out, that is the big worry for me. But I went with the three because I think he's got a better chance than the 10 of holding out at a mile. But again, they both might just burn each other up. And we're both sitting here looking at each other like our fourth choices killed each other. Great. Good job, guys. Thanks, Dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're you've got Kyle Frey on how many of these races? I know I got Frey on this Frey one too. I've got him on at least Frey. two. Yeah, I know he likes him on the one Cowboy Mike too. So yeah, uh-huh. uh, that's concerning because he does not usually win two in a day. But hey, I, uh, I I hear what you're doing here. Honestly, like, look, if you like the three, I don't hate it because I like the two and the seven. I just think the two and the seven cover the three. I don't see a world where he beats them. Um, so we'll see who sends. I mean, it, I wouldn't be shocked if the three's in the lead and the 10 is trying to sit off it. I just, I would rather take the bigger price with a horse that I, has not been beaten by multiple horses in this race before. Uh, he is riding the first two legs as well. And he's on the five memes in the race where you single that if your single scratches, praise the guy that you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really excited about that. <laughs> uh, what about the five real quick? I did see um, uh, Patrick was asking about relaxed artists. I, either, neither of us used this one. Do you want to talk about why? Um, look, I, I actually considered this horse a little bit. I, I think the trip probably sets up pretty good. It's going to be coming from off the pace to the question of whether or not if that, that pace duel that we we're just talking about does end up happening. I think the horse has an outside chance. Another one which ran on the turf a lot as a youngster uh, gets claimed, tries a couple more on the turf and then switches over to the dirt. The numbers are about equal on both, so you really got to project that this one's going to take a jump forward here going to the turf. And the last two races, you know, if you look at the buyers, specifically 70 and 67, not good enough to do it. Um, I don't mind the sprint to sprints to route angle. Papa Duermo, uh, 11% with that dirt to turf. He's 14% with a positive ROI. I, I wouldn't talk you off the five if you like the five. Like if your shot here is I'm going to take a shot with the five instead of the 10 or the five instead of the three. I'm yeah. like, yep, totally get it. I I wouldn't have this horse in my top two, top three, but if this is your your swing horse, I don't think it's a bad swing horse. Yeah, I agree. That that like your your you said it perfectly, your bottom slot spot there. And it's worth noting this horse just ran on October 29th and uh is coming back very quickly. And Papa Padramo's got a 30% win rate when horse comes come back within eight to fourteen days. So if you treat that as just kind of an extended six furlong workout where the horse finished third and now stretches out to a mile. Yeah, you can make cases for it. I, again, we didn't use, but not a terrible horse if you want to use that one, Patrick. Yeah, it feels like they just don't know what to do with the horse a little bit, right? I mean, you, you claim this thing for 32, and you moved it up on turf. So you thought there was some talent on the turf there, and, and you had two races on the turf that just kind of left, or three races on turf that left something to be desired. And then you're like, all right, well, let's try the dirt. doesn't really take a step forward, but gets that win at 12-5. And so like, okay, well, we'll stick with the dirt, and now we're trying 20 claimers on the turf. I mean, the other argument, this is the lowest level this horse has ever been on the turf, which is probably its better surface. So mm-hmm. that would be the other argument you could make for the for the five-year relaxed artist. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I talk about Del Mar's op- well, opening weekend, uh, Saturday, late pick five on November 11th. We'll give out our tickets one last time for the audio listeners. If you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, take a look. Right here down below, I'll go first for 50 cents. I'm going to go 4-5 with 4-7 with 2-5-9 with 1-2-4 with 2-3-6-7. That's $72 for my ticket, Mr. Samich. I am going to play a little cheaper ticket here. Uh, give me the 4-5-9 with 7 with 2-5-9 with 2-6-8 with 1-2-7-10. That'll cost you 54 bucks for 50 cents. <laughs> Uh, was it really bottom slot spot? Was that really that salacious of a saying? I didn't realize that. Okay. We all, we all have our quirks. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, we don't king shame on the Magic Mike show. People know. 
No. It is podcast. It's podcast Thursday. Uh, dudes who bet sports. Aaron held down the show this morning. Um, I liked a Bryce Young over 215 and a half passing yards tonight because Chicago is fifth worst defending against the pass. I wanted to play Carolina if I could get them at three and a half, but I, I didn't like them at three, so I didn't touch it. Do you have any thoughts on Thursday night football? Uh, I played under 19 and a half first half. I played under 38 and a half for the game. I would play that down to uh, I put that down to 30, uh, 38 if you can get it, or 37 and a half. But I wouldn't play any lower than that. Um, I played the Panthers plus three and a half, although that is not as strong as my underlean. And then I played some Miles Sanders props. Um, so if if you follow like, and if you're playing like fantasy single game fantasy tonight, look at Miles Sanders. There was a massive odds move in miles sanders um specifically his receiving and rushing totals yesterday so it's one of those where i think it's kind of interesting to see whenever you see a professional move on a on a primetime game it's an overplay and it's specifically with both rushing and passing for a running back it tells you that there's going to be a new bell cow in the backfield so i think sanders is going to get the mass majority of the play here from carolina on top of that they're a dog which means you expect them to be passing um, which means that his passing total, I think, is something that you can kind of focus on there. So if you want to look at his receiving prop right now, uh, Sanders is sitting at 10 and a half. So I like the over on the 10 and a half. Um, and then I wouldn't hate the idea of throwing some touchdown love at him too. Uh, right now, because he has not been playing, he's 22 to one for first touchdown and plus 475 for any time touchdown score. So I, I think Miles Sanders props a little interesting here as well. Well, yeah, one combined, just the one rushing touchdown in, in the first nine or uh, yeah, first seven games so far, no receiving touchdowns. But that doesn't mean he can't rebound there. Um, well, yeah, the, fact, it's, the fact that he took a ton of professional money in the prop market tells yeah. you that he's get a lot more love tonight. I mean, that's rarely is that wrong because usually that's inside information where they, they know the game plan from the team or something like that in the prop market specifically when a player moves. So. Uh, to me, that one, that one, that one's just a little odd because I was not expecting Miles Sanders showcase game on Thursday night. But if that's the case, then uh, he's one of those captain and crew guys you want to start because he's cheaper and one of those touchdown guys plus four seventy five, pretty good number on him. The um, oh yeah, Doc says primetime unders are twenty two and seven. Wow, yeah, oof, that's Thursday, crazy. Um, Thursday and Monday are even better. Sunday night's the, the one that's gone over sometimes. The Justin Fields injury is probably what's throwing the um probably helping your miles sanders so he's probably gonna play but the, the question about how you know how much will he be able to do how effective will justin fields be yeah well justin fields out um and that was one of the more interesting parts oh he is out number. yeah he's officially out, he is out so now. okay this this number got up to four and a half bears minus four and a half with the idea that he was going to play and i kind of agree with uh-huh. that i had bears minus five with him in but i have bears minus one and a half with him out now their bears defense has been significantly better the last three weeks when you look at like DVOA, PFF, things like that, there's a significant improvement on the defensive side of the football the last three weeks compared to the first eight weeks or first seven weeks. So, or six weeks, sorry. Uh, but when you look at the, that, it kind of leans like, hey, maybe this Bears team's good. But then you see Badgett play. He turned the ball over five times against New Orleans last week. Like, I just, I don't see the Bears consistently putting points on the board in this game. And if they do, I don't think it's going to be a ton of them. So that's why, again, lean, the under to me is the best bet. First half under specifically, the 19 and a half. Um, but I, I, I can't get over a field goal here with Carolina. Just any way I maneuver the numbers, I, I can't get to three and a half. I can get you to two. I can get you to two and a half. And like I could talk you off playing a three minus 120, but like three and a half, it's just, it's priced wrong. So I bet a little bit less than I, I normally would because I don't really want to, don't love Carolina, but all my numbers say Carolina should be a bet tonight. I believe that was Aaron's uh, idea too on dudes who bet daily earlier this morning, which is every, well, let's see, Thursdays and Fridays, it's at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and then Saturday and Sunday at 8 a.m. Or no, just Saturday. That's the only one that changes. Saturdays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. Eastern for college football start time. But yeah, we cover lots of stuff over there. Uh, We had, let's see, Papa Dude had a bet on the Penguins tonight. So make sure you check those out every Thursday through Sunday. And then, Instead of watching Thursday Night Football, place your bets. Don't watch. It's going to be terrible. Instead, if you missed it, check out Dudes or uh, yeah, Dudes Who Bet Sports will be up later. Blinkers Off is what was before us. So check out Blinkers Off, kind of recapping the Breeders' Cup bets and why uh, the betting Bible is so successful. So go through the bets that worked and even the ones that didn't with Aaron and Jared. So you can check that out. And then, like I said, in just a few minutes here, Dudes Who Bet Sports, Aaron Papa Dude. They're recapping their best stories from the Breeders' Cup, which will be a lot of fun. So a different discussion, uh, talking about the stories themselves from the Breeders' Cup. So check that out, and then get their college football and NFL picks. And Mike, you're on VSIN this weekend. Tell us when. 
Yeah, you can catch me on VEASAN tomorrow from 2 to 3 Pacific, 5 to 6 Eastern on Sharp Money. Uh, you can watch that on RTN. If you got RTN, it's also on YouTube TV as well as YouTube Live and DraftKings Network over on Roku. Uh, and then I'll be live from 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, talking all things NFL and NFL gambling. Again, available same places as well. And if you bet football, the hour between 6 and 7 on Sunday, Pacific, 9 and 10 Eastern, is the best hour to be watching. Uh, we go through all of the bets or all the numbers for the next week and if you look at like the lines for this week like we bet we bet uh i we actually both bet a pretty hefty amount on detroit minus one you're now giving a field goal in that game we both took pittsburgh minus two or two and a half that's now three or three and a half depending on where you're shopping um so we've, we've got like i think it's we both took the uh, the cowboys minus 14 that's now 17 so we got multiple point moves on this where you're not don't have those numbers available but you do that sunday right when it comes out so it's always a good thing to check out Wow, that's awesome. Great job on, on uh, finding those blinds that are going to move like that. So yeah, check out Mike Samich. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellerwood. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at Racing underscore dudes. Thanks again, everybody, for your support through the Breeders' Cup. Uh, I know that the racing kind of takes a little bit of a lull, but we're still here giving you exciting content, and we got to start building the Kentucky Derby. That's what we're doing now. It's Delmar, no rest baby. for the weary. And Delmar, yeah. I like Delmar. This is a fun little meet. Yeah, the best, by far the best turf racing in the country happening at Del Mar right now. Some, sometimes the only turf racing in the country, which is why you see Grand Motion, Clement, Chad Brown, they all send their horses over. Yeah. When does the Champions Meet officially start? At Gulfstream? Yeah. It's like, it's after Malibu Day, I think, or it's right around the day. Yeah, they'll have like the Claiming Crown in early December, and then the Championship Meet is like, yeah, the end of December, I think. Okay. I, I did Officially. not the championship meet as much last year as I had in previous years. We have to try and get it uh, get it back again. I, well, I, neither I, did Chad Brown. I crushed that freaking meet for like five straight years. And last year, I think I ended up with like minus 8% ROI. Really frustrating. Usually that's a good you, you, You'd lost your edge on the synthetic. When the synthetic was brand new, you had yourselves a nice edge oh. betting it for a while. And then I think that went everyone, away. Everyone was bitching about it. And I was printing money on that course. <laughs> well, see, too. Maybe we'll, see, we'll do better Gulfstream this time around. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to probably do a midweek show, I'm guessing, because it's probably not going to be that much that happens this weekend. I've seen the races. It's not going to be that much that happens. So uh, we'll, we'll do a midweek. Find if we, see if we can find a little track. Yeah, we'll give them a little midweek know. love. Yeah, we'll see if we can uh, get – we could like, do Horseshoe Thursday. I would love to do like Lone Star, but again, no one can bet it. So what's the point? Ooh, yeah. Remington Thursday? Is Remington Quarter Horse or are they, they going two turns these days? We'll figure it out. We'll do a Monday show with a with a pick five and one of the fun little tracks. Yeah, Remington. We could do Remington. We could we'll do. Um, let's see. Da, 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 do horseshoe. I, Horseshoe's got the, the Friday, Thursday, and Wednesday cards, so we could even do like a Wednesday preview Wednesday at Horseshoe the thirteenth. Yeah, we uh, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll pick one of those. Uh, where is it? They got quarter horses. We could talk about. I kind of like Hedwig in the first race too. Saturday. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Hedwig was supposed to be uh, uh, in the Breeders' Cup and didn't get in for Owen Hardy, right? For Hedwig? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, I, I, have, I, I have him in second right now, but one of those that I was back and forth between two horses in that spot. All right. Well, there you go. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out the Summer Bombs. Michael will have his picks up for Del Mar all weekend as well over at RacingDudes.com, where Aaron also has free picks for every race, every track, every day across the country. Until Monday for that show, I'm Magic. And the mic. Good luck this weekend at Old Elmar. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.